You are listening to the Living Way Church podcast. For more information about Living Way Church, go to livingwaychurch.cc. Well, we are going over the I Am's, uh, the I Am sayings of Jesus, and I particularly like that passage where Jesus says, I am a Republican. I like that. Pa- wait a minute. No, wait a minute. It says, I am a Democrat. That's what Jesus said. Oh, no, wait a minute. He said, I'm a Libertarian. Well, he did say I'm an American, right? You know, Jesus never said anything like that. Jesus uh, never claimed an allegiance to anything but the kingdom of heaven. He claimed citizenship nowhere except in the kingdom of heaven. We have been looking at very clearly the I am's that Jesus did say, the things that he said, this is what I am. In the face of death, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. In an unsatisfying world that leaves you empty, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. In the dark of night, when things seem hopeless, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And when you're feeling tired, and when you're feeling afraid, last week, Jesus said, I am the gate. And we will never, I will never understand who I am until I understand the I am. So this is crucial. I mean, if you truly want to know who you are, you need to know who he is. So we've been unpacking this. And in John 10, Jesus gives two I am's. Last week, we looked at one of them and that he was the gate. Both deal with the same principle. Today, we're going to look at another one. And uh, they both deal with the same principle. And that is that we are sheep. And we are in danger of thieves and wolves. And uh, as we looked at Jesus being the door to abundant life last week, today Jesus follows with an amazing verse, probably one of the greatest verses in the Bible, one of his great I am's, is that when you're in need of direction and protection and care, Jesus says this in John ten eleven. he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. You know, of all the animals that God could call us, I wish it were something cool. You know, like if he said, like if God called us lions, like, yeah, God, you know, I'm a, you know, I laid down my life for my eagles, right? Man, I'm, it's cool, Jesus. I'm an eagle. I'm a soar, right? He didn't call us lions. He didn't call us eagles and he didn't call us, us weasels. He actually called us sheep and he actually called us sheep on purpose and for a reason. Psalm eleven three says, know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Now, this is the favorite description that God gives to us about us. In fact, the Bible, uh, God refers to people, his people, as sheep more than any other thing in the entire Bible and more than any other title in the Bible other than the Son of Man by Jesus in the New Testament. God calls himself the shepherd more than anything else. So we're sheep. We are under and following, if we are his sheep, the shepherd. Well, why 
sheep. Well, here's some big challenges to being a sheep. And we looked a little bit at some of them last week, but I want to unpack this a little bit more because it's important if we're going to understand Jesus as the shepherd. And, uh, and first of all, you guys might remember this from last week is sheep are dumb. Sheep are not very intelligent. God says, you're my sheep because you're stupid. I mean, sheep will forget where their food is. You can put food in the exact same place every day and sheep will still walk past it looking for food. They, they walk right and they will walk right past their food right into the arms of a wolf if there's something that looks like food next to it. They are so oblivious to their surroundings. They're not intelligent. Some of them get, they, they get easily lost. In fact, uh, the like, thorns. Oh. You know, they're made out of fur, like real thick, heavy fur. And they will walk right in. And then the others, hey, guys, look, come on. And they're all like follow right in to an entire briar patch or thorn bush. In fact, they will, if one walks off a cliff, the others will follow. And, and here's what's interesting. If you set a dog free, if you set uh, pretty much any animal, even a cat, help us all, cats, the, uh, the strange domesticated animal that you think calls your place home. They call the world their home. Uh, even a cat, you say any animal free or out of a cage, their natural tendency is, is to run, to have fun. Woo! You let a sheep out and they'll go. They wander. They're prone to wander. They're, they're the, the strangest animals. When you set them free, they don't go, I'm free. They just, they walk in circles. They will literally walk in circles. And they will walk in circles with each other. They will, they will swarm like bees in big huddles and just run in circles all together. They are defenseless. They have no fangs. They have no claws. They have no wings. But they have a scary voice. They don't even have a scary voice. They have nothing. They're unable to care for or defend themselves. And Sheep are even known, this is kind of funny, sheep are even known that when they fall over, if they fall on their back, they get stuck on their back. So they'll just sit there and, and stuck on their back. Uh, that's how incredibly helpless, they're like, you know, like you, flick, you ever, you're a kid, you ever put a bug on its back just to mess with it? Some of you say, who said no? You're too kind, aren't you? Not me. <laughs> Look at that beetle. Ugh. Right, well. You think the dumb little beetle, well, dumb sheep too. They get on their back and they just get stuck. They're also known to be very, very, very stubborn. They have no reverse. They they, they do not have the ability to walk backwards, so they just ram through stuff. And, and they run from their shepherds constantly. In fact, that's why they have... These, uh, these shepherding corrals where they have like multiple shepherds and they have to surround them because even though they will look at the shepherd, know the shepherd, recognize the voice, they're prone to be stubborn and they're prone to run away from the shepherd. You know, they have, they have herding dogs that will, that will nip at them and bite at them to, to get them to pay attention and to go where they're going. 
sheep are also very, very skittish. They will run at anything and from anything. In fact, it is, it is known that if you scare a sheep, they will sometimes run for miles. Just nonstop, just running for miles. Because they are so fearful and, and to grab one is to fight one. In fact, you know, you see these pictures where they, oh, gentle sheep. Uh, you know, these pictures where they're the gentle lamb over your shoulder. No, to, to, to catch a sheep or to grab a sheep is to fight a sheep. They actually have these, these uh, I was thinking of putting some videos together because uh, sheep are incredibly stubborn. You have to... You have to sneak up on a sheep to, to catch it, first of all. You have to come up behind it. You have to grab its head, its hind legs, and its back legs, its hind end, and basically pull it upside down in order to trick it into submission. Because they're so skittish, so fearful that they will run, and they don't trust being carried. So when you pick them, they're kicking, and they're, they're screaming, and they're wobbling, and it's violent. And sheep also get easily insecure. This is interesting. Sheep have what's called uh, uh, alone anxiety where they do not and cannot stand being alone. They always have to be with other sheep. Um, And here's what's interesting. You know who the leader of any sheep herd is or sheep flock is? You know what? It's the first one that moves. That's how impressionable they are, and that's how, how how connected they are to having to be with other sheep. What's going on, guys? Oh, he's moving. Let's go over here then. It doesn't matter. I mean, if one sneezes, they all move. If, literally, I said earlier, if they walk off a cliff or they walk into a valley or if they walk into bushes, they will all walk into bushes because they are incredibly insecure and do not like being alone. And here's the last thing. If you've ever been on a farm, you've ever got to see a sheep up close. Sheep are filthy. You know, these beautiful pictures of the white lamb and, the, the, you know, the flowing fleece and all this. Is, no, um, they will not and cannot stay clean. Um, they, they are like a magnet to dirt and filth. They are dirty animals. In comparison to God, we are sheep. God says, when God says, you're my sheep, he didn't call us eagles on purpose. He didn't call us leopards or cheetahs or lions. He didn't call us the faithful dog. He didn't call us some other exotic animal or he called us one of the dumbest animals. In fact, uh, you know, there's, there's only one other animal that's at the intelligence level of a sheep and that is uh, cows. Cows are also, but cows actually have, uh, they're, they're like actually one step up above sheep on the on the brains god says <laughs> you're my sheep my sheep and we're like oh thank you god that means we're cuddly no it means you're dumb you're lost easily you're defenseless you're stubborn you're skittish you have issues with being alone you uh, are insecure and you're filthy and you're mine he says you're my sheep and in their culture of all the animals the sheep are one of the most valuable of all of the animals that they have because they can, when it comes to sheep, they can eat them and uh, they can also, it's a great source of income and valuable to them. And it's also a source of clothing. I mean, the, the, the sheep to the, to their culture is a very valuable. God says, you know what? I, I don't use you, but you're valuable. You're valuable 
to me, though you're filthy, dirty, and insecure, and run from me, I love you and you're valuable. Here's what uh, a shepherd is not. A lot of us think, you know, when we think of shepherd, we think of this guy, the happy, clean, girly, white guy, Jesus shepherd. The, 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 you know, the, the long flowing Goldilocks hair. You know what I found in all these shepherd pictures? You know what's the common factor is that they all, not only do they all look like girls uh, with a beard, uh, but they all are white, blue-eyed guys. And, you know, some of them, they try to make them look masculine, or, but they still give them that girly hair. And, you know, this is the shepherd that we think of when we think of Jesus, the good shepherd. Uh, but it's actually one of the oldest professions in the world. In fact, it is recorded that we have evidence of shepherds going back over 6,000 years of sheep shepherding because of their value. Uh, and it's considered one of the most dangerous and demanding jobs on the planet. In fact, biblical shepherds have to be sensitive enough to lead animals that are scared of everything and tough and rugged enough to fight with wild animals and thieves. They know how to use a weapon. They know how to use their rod as a weapon. And uh, they are they're medical technicians on the spot. They feed, they lead, they protect. They're courageous, they're brave, and it's a dirty job. In fact, this is probably more likely a picture of a, of a shepherd. And that is... Think cowboy meets veterinarian meets ninja. That is the shepherd. Because the shepherd was this multitasking, intelligent, manly, dirty job. All right? So when we think of Jesus, the good shepherd, don't think of that that girly white guy, flowing blonde hair guy. You know, the Jesus with the super clean clothes, carrying those gentle lambs. I want you to think of the just a, a rugged veterinarian, cowboy, ninja guy, all right? Because these shepherds were serious. They could fight off a lion and fight off a crook. Now, because it's one of the oldest professions of about 6,000 years, we know for sure, even dating past, we have records of 6,000 on on shepherds. Because of that, shepherds also began to develop a bad reputation because there were a lot of bad shepherds. There were a lot of bad shepherds that were known as crooks. They would get hired, and then next thing you know, they would, they would slaughter or kill their own sheep that they were hired to protect. So there was a reputation for the good shepherds, and there was a, just a horrible reputation for the bad shepherds. In fact, a lot of times shepherds were stereotyped as just being losers because there were so many bad shepherds out there. But a good shepherd, but a good shepherd, Cowboy, veterinarian, ninja. So let's see what Jesus has to say about being a shepherd. John 10, we're going to pick up where we left off last week with verse 11. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. He's a good, turn your name and say, man, he's good. He's good. He's good. He's not mean. God's not confused or out of touch. He's not a well-intentioned old man, but he's good. He's all-knowing and he cares for you. God is good. The shepherd is good. He's not wicked and vile and he, he does, he's not here to manipulate you and put, you know, and poke at you and put a magnifying glass on you and see you pop. He loves you. He's good. He says, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Now he's talking about what is to come, the cross, but to say this was scandalous because Jesus was proclaiming himself the all good leader of mankind. So he's talking to a group of Pharisees who already had issues with what he's saying. 
He'd already called himself a gate and they were ready to kill him. Verse 12, he goes on, he says, the hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. But then he says again, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep, they know me. He says, man, this is not about knowledge. This is not about uh, trivia questions. It's not about knowing Bible verses. This is not about going to church. This is about a relational, this is about a relational experience and daily journey with God. He says, this is not about knowledge. It's relational. It's do you know him? That's the question I have for you today. Do you know him? Just as the father knows me and I know the father. And that was scandalous again because no one can intimately say or claim to know the father. Well, Jesus says, I can because I am. And he says, and I lay down my life for the sheep. He says it again. Verse 16, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. Now, Mormons use that verse right there to talk about Jesus going to the Americas. I don't know if you know this, but Mormons believe that when Jesus rose again and ascended into heaven, that he actually went to the Americas and spoke to these ancient Indians in the Americas. And that's where the Book of Mormon came from, is from these ancient Americans who began to follow uh, Jesus who appeared before them. Now, none of that is in the Bible, but they will take this passage and say, well, he's referring to those people on the other side of the world. Well, the context of this passage has nothing to do with Jesus going to America after his resurrection. This is talking about all non-Jewish people. Jesus is talking to Jewish people and he says, you know what? The, the, the gospel, the kingdom, the good news, it's not just for you. It's for a bunch of other people too that are not Jewish. And he goes, and I'm going to call them as well because they are my sheep. He says, they too will listen to my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. One flock, one shepherd claiming exclusive leadership and exclusively the only way. If you want to be in the flock, of God. If you want to be in the kingdom of heaven, Jesus says, it ends and begins right here with me. There's one flock, one shepherd, I am he. Again, they were infuriated. He says in 17, the reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. He's referring to the cross and that's the reason he came. So I wanna, what, I, what I want to do for the next few minutes is I want to take that passage that we just read and I want to give you four things to think about. Four things that just totally jump out to me as I read this passage about the good shepherd. And here's the first one I want to talk about. I want to talk about the shepherd's care. He is a good shepherd. The shepherd's care. See, God cares about you. He cares about you. He's not too busy to think about you. He doesn't just go, ah, yeah, I see what's going on. Good luck with that. No, he cares. And he's a shepherd and he can do something about it. He gives us our daily needs. He feeds, he comforts, he cherishes, he protects, he preserves. Without him, we self-destruct. Jesus cares what you're going through. He knows everything about you. He knows, he doesn't want to know you. He already knows you. He wants you to know him, the shepherd. He knows everything about you. He knows things about you you don't even know about yourself. He knows what you're feeling, what you're thinking. He knows the stress. 
He knows the depression. He knows the confusion. He knows the joys. He knows the pleasures. He knows the struggles. And he cares. And he cares. 1 Peter 5, 6 says, Humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that's the shepherd, that he may lift you up in due time. In due time. That means it doesn't happen right away. I mean, sometimes you got to just follow the shepherd for a while before you begin to see the shepherd's care. He says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Some of you are so stressed out, so worried. You're so tense right now. I mean, you barely made it to church. You got so much anxiety. Some of you who are single wondering if you're ever going to get married. Some of you that are married wondering if you're ever going to be single again. Just kidding. But you are wondering if your marriage is ever going to make it. You look at your kids and you're wondering, God, did you put them there as a thorn? (laughs) Did you put them there to stress me out? Some of you, you've got so much anxiety. Jesus is saying to you, relax. Your confidence is in me. Relax. Follow me. You know, if you're a Christian here, if you're not a Christian, I want you to know this shepherd. But if you're a Christian, relax. Relax. Turn your neighbor and say, relax. The shepherd's in charge. The shepherd's in charge. Some of you guys, you've been trying to, to lead and guide your life. I got this shepherd's staff here. It's actually a walking stick. It's the closest thing I could get. And, uh, and I thought, man, ninja time. You know, uh, if you're a boy and you hold a stick, every stick is a weapon. Am I right? If you're a boy, in fact... <laughs> If you're a kid, if you're a man, if you're a man, every even when you grow up, every stick is a weapon. I remember I'd walk through the woods and pick up sticks and just scratch, just smash them against trees and like act like they're giant, you know, you know, logs. You know, you find these rotted out logs, right? And then you're like, oh, any guys with me on that? All right, and you know what? It never goes away. Because, you know, like, like I tell my wife, you see a sword, man, every sword, as a guy, you get a sword, you go to, you go to a kid's house, and there's a kid playing with a sword, <laughs> I go for the sword, I'm like, oh, the, by the power of grace, school. you know, it's like, <laughs> I'm like, I got the, so I get this shepherd staff, and I'm like, yeah, man, you know, whoo, you know, and um, we actually had a terrible accident at our house one year where uh, uh, we had these, you know, my daughters took the, uh, the the poles off the brooms and they were using their ninja sticks out in the yard and Noel threw it right up and it came right down on Summer's eye and cut her eye open and it was a disaster. What a fun, fun time being a parent. And, uh, but it doesn't discourage us from throwing sticks in the air, you know? Because it's like, you okay? All right, let's get back to this. But I, I think, man, here's the shepherd there and I'm like, Come on, little gentle sheep. They're like, you know, they're wow, wow. And, you know, here comes a wolf, you know, you know, and and I'm thinking this, this would be cool. I I could totally deal with walking with one of these, Uh, you know, being out in the hallway, you guys in the hallway before church, you know, get in, you know, and, uh, you know, you guys talking, you know, just. You know, it was known for shepherds to sometimes even break the legs of their sheep in order to get them to follow. 
because they would be running so frantically. They were running so dangerously. They were going to hurt themselves. They weren't listening, and they were, they were self-destructing. The shepherd would often break their foot or their leg, which would heal. It was just a minor fracture, and uh, that sheep would humbly submit and have no other opportunity but to follow the shepherd if they were going to be taken care of. And I often think that sometimes God just bink right on the head, you know, and sometimes he's, he breaks a leg in order for us to get under submission. Not that literally he breaks a leg. I'm saying he, he breaks our spirit and he might allow things in our life in order to, to round us in. And I think, you know why? It's because he cares. It's because he cares. So relax, either you can submit to the shepherd if you're his, or you can come under the power of the staff and get a whack, or because the Lord disciplines those whom he loves. That's what the Bible says. And see, you have an opportunity as a sheep to humbly submit and follow the shepherd and know that he cares for you, and just relax and enjoy the confidence of a shepherd that cares. Or you can be in rebellion and have a shepherd that cares come after you and teach you to submit. See, uh, there's a passage here. Some of you uh, could, could hear this today and be uh, really ministered. There's a passage that's read often at funerals, and it's not about death. It's about a shepherd. It's Psalm 23, and I want to read this passage to you. It's written by a shepherd of sheep who turned into a shepherd of people. He uh, became a king. And this is what it says, Psalm 23, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That doesn't mean you don't want the shepherd. It means you, not, you shall not have one. It means you won't lack anything. The Lord is my shepherd, I won't lack anything. I, I will have what I need. He makes me lie down. Now, I like that. He makes me. Why would, he, why would a shepherd need to make us lay down? Because we're hard-hearted just like those sheep, and sometimes he's like, lay down, lay down. We have a dog, uh, old-timer, talked about him before, but he has anxiety issues where he just, he just doesn't want to sit down sometimes. And we're like forcing him, lay down, just settle down. It's like midnight, you know, three in the morning. And he's like walking in circles on the bed, <laughs> once down. I was like, just make him lie down. He says, he makes me lie down. Even when I don't want to in green pastures, he leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me along the right path for his namesake. He makes me, he leads me, he restores me, he guides me. He provides and cares for you if you follow the shepherd. Goes on, even though I walk through the darkest valley, some translations say through the valley of death, that's a place of deep darkness, a place uh, of deep shadows. I want you to imagine a giant valley, cold, dark, mysterious, dangerous, where crooks and thieves and wild animals could be waiting in the midst of that place. So it's a valley of potential death. Picture a shepherd taking his sheep through a narrow corridor on his way to green pastures. It's dark and cold and dangerous, but he says, I will fear no evil for you are with me. I like that. God is with you. If you feel like you're in a valley right now, you feel like you're in a dark, cold, scary place, maybe you feel like you're in the valley of the shadow of death. If you submit to the shepherd, he is with you. He goes on to say, I will fear no evil for he is with me. Your rod 
and your staff comfort me. Now, a rod and a staff was for the purpose of discipline and corralling. So he's saying your rod, which will push me and nudge me and sometimes even hurt a little bit. He says, that is comfort to me. Isn't that something? Your discipline, God, you're forcing me to go in directions that I'm not so sure that my heart is hard about. The fact that you care enough to push me in the direction that I'm to go, it comforts me. Isn't that that, your rod and your staff? They comfort. He goes on to say, uh, he lovingly corrects, verse 5, he says, he says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He says, man, when my back is against the wall, when it feels like everything in the world is against me, you prepare a beautiful table for me. And we have fellowship. You take care of me. He says, you know, even when with my back against the wall, you take care of me. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. This is your, that means your presence and power is with me. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. That's my past, and this life is in your hands. And he says, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That means my future eternity is in your hands. So he says, my past, my present, and my future is in the shepherd's hands. What a beautiful, that is a great song. There's a lot of verses in the Bible that even people that don't know Jesus know. And they, they, will, they will sometimes mention Psalm 23. It's the most common read at a funeral because it's all about a shepherd who will always be with us. Well, you might be saying, well, I don't feel cared for. I don't feel cared for. I, I feel uh, like nobody cares. I'm on my own. I don't get any help. Uh, God, where are you? I want you to hear this. He cares for his sheep through people. The body of Christ is the shepherd's plan to care for the sheep. Guys, hear me on this. Sheep don't do well alone. They need community. So some of you, you're running from community. You're running from being a part of a church. You're running from being involved in a church. You're running from being in a small group. Guys, sheep don't do well alone. We self-destruct. We get insecure. We get negative. We start running. We, we get confused. The community, the flock, you know, I said this last week that every weekend the shepherd's calling us to come together and we hear his voice and we come. But there's many of you that you don't feel like God is caring for you because you're not connected to the body of Christ. Now, I want you to hear this because... There's only one other person in the Bible that is called a shepherd other than God. And guess who that is? Pastors. Pastors are called shepherds. They're in the Bible. They're called overseers, bishops, shepherds. And a shepherd is God's plan to take care of you. So if you're not under a shepherd, a caretaker, a good pastor, then you are a sheep in rebellion, if you are a sheep at all. But you see, God places pastors in our life for a reason, but we, like the sheep, we resist, we ignore, we run, and we downgrade pastors to some silly, poor, stupid souls who don't really know anything about real life. 
It's like I'll talk to people like I've been on trips or on a bus or on a plane or talking to people, and they're like, we're just like having a normal, adult, mature conversation. And I'll say, what do you do for work? And I'll do this. And, and they're like all normal. And all of a sudden, I'll say I'm a pastor. And they go, oh, well, that's sweet. That's cute. You know, they don't say that's cute, but that's the attitude. Oh, you just bless your heart. You're just so stupid, you know. And, and most pastors on TV are made to look like, well, idiots. Um, so we get this idea that pastors are somehow not that important, not that insignificant, not that significant. And that, well, a faithful pastor is an under shepherd, and they should display the same quality and characteristics of the good shepherd. So here's a few of what you should look for in a pastor like me or any pastor. Based upon John 10, good shepherds know their flock. Jesus said, I know the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. That means a good pastor, a good shepherd uh, will know your life, will know your struggles, will know your issues. It's relational. Uh, A good shepherd doesn't slip in the back uh, and then slip out in the back. And, uh, you know, he actually interacts with people because that's what a shepherd does. He cares for the sheep. He doesn't just feed the sheep, but he knows the sheep. They know him. He knows them. And it's very relational. That's what a good shepherd does. A good shepherd also feeds and leads and disciplines out of love. You can't drive sheep. You've got to guide sheep. And a good pastor doesn't drive you or condemn you. A good pastor or a good shepherd will guide you. He'll feed, lead, and discipline, but it's out of love. It's, it's like this. It's the difference between having a membership at a gym and having a trainer at the gym. If you have membership, quote-unquote, at a gym, uh, you can go in anytime you want. You can go in. You can leave anytime you want. You can, you can skip for weeks and months at a time. What does it matter, right? You're, you're a member. You can, there's no accountability. You just... You just sign on the card, you, you make your payments, and you come and go as you please, right? But when you get a trainer, man, they're calling you. You ready? You better get in here. And when you get there, they're going to go, okay, let's go. They're like, let's go. You're like, I can't do it anymore. One more, okay. One more, okay. One more, okay. One more, you know, <laughs> They drive you. They encourage you because they care about you. That's what a good trainer. They care about you, so they're driving you, and they're pushing, they're looking out for you. See, some of us, we've settled into membership, and we've never submitted ourselves to the trainer, to the shepherd, and to his under-shepherds. Well, sometimes sheep are hard to guide, and you know what I found out? Sheep, they bite, too. They bite really hard. But a good shepherd responds with grace and love because that's what a good shepherd does. Uh, third thing is that good shepherds understand sacrifice and risk. Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd and I lay down my life for the sheep. You see, a good shepherd, it's not about me. It's not about what I can get out of living way. It's not about, you know, I understand that there are some sacrifices. You know, my wife and I, we could have had a different life if we weren't in ministry. And we... But you know what? We don't want a different life. We have embraced this call of shepherding, of pastoring, and we know our life could be different, could look different. Could, we could have lived differently, but we know that with the shepherding comes a measure of sacrifice and risk. And I, let me tell you something. If you are a mom or a dad, you are a shepherd 
of your kids first before you're a shepherd of anybody else. And that's what I tell myself all the time is I've got to remember, though I'm your shepherd, I'm primarily the shepherd of my family before you. So I will never risk your life for their life. I will not throw my kids under the bus because I'm your shepherd. A good shepherd cares for his family and then cares for his other sheep. So that's what a good shepherd is. It's not about me. It's about Jesus. And no, here's the second thing that jumps out about this section is that there's the shepherd's voice. The shepherd's voice. He says in verse uh, four, he says, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. In verse 11, he says again, I am the good shepherd. Now, if there are good shepherds and there are good voices, guess what? There are bad shepherds and there are bad voices. There are shepherds out there. There are people out there. There are lives, there are relationships in your life that will try to shepherd you and guide you and lead you. And guess what? Not all of them are good. Not every voice you hear is good. I want to ask you, what voice do you hear? When you turn on the radio, what voice do you hear shepherding you? When you are at work, what voices do you hear that shepherd you? When, when you are, uh, you know, with your family even, when you're at events with your family or with extended family, what voices do you hear that you are listening to that shepherds you? Because these voices... They will try to shepherd you. They will try to lead you. And some are good and some are not good. Some of them are bad. I spoke about pastors earlier, but not all pastors have the heart of the good shepherd. In fact, Jesus repeatedly warned his people of bad shepherds, people who are sheep uh, that are wolves in sheep clothing, people who will try to destroy you. The Apostle Paul warned against false shepherds and how they are disposing of people and running through lives and destroying lives. In fact, the, the Apostle Paul said, I wept and cried and warned you for three years with tears, talking to the Ephesus church, to be careful of bad shepherds. He says they will lead you astray. There are churches out there that are unhealthy and dangerous. John 10, 12, Jesus is talking about the bad shepherds. He says, the hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks in the flock and scatters it. And the man runs away because he is a hired hand and he cares nothing for the sheep. Here are some good qualities of the shepherd. Now here's some bad qualities of the bad shepherds. Uh, the bad shepherds, people or pastors, not just pastors, but bad shepherds ignore God's voice. God's voice is the word of God. And Jesus says, if you're my sheep, you'll hear my voice right here. Some of you guys, I can't hear God's voice. That's because you never read your Bible. And the more you read your Bible, the more you'll hear God's voice, the more he'll trust you with his spirit speaking into your life. The less you know this, the, the less you hear his voice. The more you know this, the more you'll hear his voice. He says, my sheep hear my voice. He says, but the bad sheep, man, they ignore my voice. They don't listen to my voice. They don't follow my voice. Some of you are listening to shepherds that ignore God's word. Could be a family, could be a friend, could be an associate at work. They're, they're giving you advice. They're shepherding you. You've sought them for overseeing advice, direction in your marriage, your family, or whatever, and they're ignoring God's word. They're not a good shepherd for you to listen to. Another bad shepherd quality is bad shepherds are in it for the money. 
The Bible calls them hirelings, people that only want a job, people that just want it for the bling bling, cha-ching-ching. Ching. Uh, this does not mean that, uh, that you are to keep your pastors in the poor house uh, because a lot of people think, well, a good pastor is a poor pastor. No, a, a poor pastor is a bad pastor because he's stressed, he's frustrated, he's insecure, he's, he's like that close to living on the street and, and it, it, you know, it may keep him on his knees but also keeps him in total anxiety and stressed out. The Bible says that the sheep should take care of their under-shepherd uh, but even if you don't, I'm still going to be your shepherd. That's what it means. I'm not in this for the money. I'm not, I, I never, I've been in ministry, it'll be 22 years this year in full-time ministry, and I've never, ever went into ministry thinking I'm going to be like Robert Tilton. I'm going to be, I'm going to have the, I'm going to have the plane, the cars. I'm going to be like Benny and all these guys who are in it for the money. No, I'm in it because I, I love people. I'm in it because I feel like God has called me to feed, lead, and guide, and provide, and protect. I'm motivated out of love to see you meet Jesus, to see you grow in Jesus. I don't care if you like me or not, because I'm not in it for the money. I'm not going to kiss up to you. Because uh, that's what bad shepherds do. They play the game. They coddle people. They don't want to offend the the givers, the big guys, or the the people that have control or popularity. That's a bad shepherd. The Bible says you are to take care of us, but whether you do or not, I'm a shepherd because that's what a good shepherd does. A bad shepherd also, uh, they're in it for the position. And you know they're in it for the position because when things get tough, they run. Just like the hirelings do. When the wolf comes, (laughs) I'm out of here. They run. And I've seen it again and again. Times get tough in the church. Things get difficult in the church. That's a bad shepherd. That's a bad shepherd. When it's uncomfortable, when the sheep start biting, when the sheep start stinking, which is all the time, they always bite, they always stink. So if you're thinking about being a shepherd, accept that, okay? And when they face off with a wolf, they run. This type of shepherd uses people for their own good, to feel powerful. They like the title. They like the influence. They like the accolades. They like the way it makes themselves feel. But Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice, and they know me. What makes the voice of Jesus different? Well, he is good. He is right. He is pure. He is loving. He is humble. He is powerful. And he looks after you. He gave his life for you. He is relentless in his pursuit and love for you. That's the voice of a good shepherd. He says, hear and know my voice. Here's what I think about. I think about, um, like if you go to a playground with children, right, and you got a playground with moms and kids at the playground, you can have like 20, 30 kids like jumping all over that playground and moms over here. And, and you can have one mom go, son. And, and you know, that one kid goes, Shoo. why? He knows his mom's voice, right? He knows his, I mean, there's this sense of the relationship has built this, this knowledge of intimacy and the voice alone. And like when a mom at a playground says, son, her son turns around, unless there are authority issues, which is a whole nother sermon, because some of you have authority issues, and God's saying son and daughter, and you are ignoring him, though you recognize the voice. Why don't all of them turn around? Because they know his voice. The voice of their mom, birthed out of time, out of love, out of respect and relationship. 
So can you hear the voice of God say this in Ezekiel? This is what he says to his sheep. He says, you are my sheep, the sheep of my pasture. I am your God, declares the sovereign Lord. Do you hear that voice? Jesus does not give us a map. He gives us himself. He did not give us a list. He gave us a shepherd. We're not to follow the rules. We are to follow the shepherd. We're not to work to find his will. We are to follow and walk in his will. His will has been given right here. So you go, I don't know God's will. You're not reading your Bible. Yes, I love this song. I tell you, it never fails. That song, that music. Don't be distracted by the voices that you hear. I love this because he says, his voice, his words. Here's the third thing I want you to know. Not only is it the Savior or the shepherd's care, the shepherd's voice, but there's also the shepherd's provision. The shepherd's provision is this. Like sheep, we are prone to wander, to wander into thorns and get trapped. Like sheep, we get trapped in sin. But thank God, here comes the shepherd. This is what Isaiah 53, 6 says. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of his all. You see, I said this earlier, sheep are filthy. Here's a picture of some dirty sheep. This is your typical sheep, not the the white fluffy sheep. They're They're like this matted mess of goo and dirt and mud and sticks and thorns. It's like, uh, we have, you know, if you have dogs and they go outside, you know, after it rains, right? And they come inside, we're like, oh, man, they smell so bad. And they, you know, their their belly and their legs are just got weeds and mud and dirt. And you're like, ah, oh, you know, if you have an indoor dog, I mean, it's like, oh, come on. You know, that's a sheep 24 hours a day, nonstop, all the time. And that fur just collects, collects, collects. So these sheep are filthy. They smell They collect dirt and mud like magnets. And the shepherds, and here's what the shepherd says. The shepherd says, you filthy, dirty animal. Come here, baby. That's what a good shepherd does. A good shepherd is not scared away by the dirt, is not scared away by the filth, is not intimidated by the smell. A good shepherd says, come here, I got you. Come here. I'm not afraid of your filth. And the good shepherd says, and I can clean you. I can clean you. See, the provision the shepherd makes is this, his life. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Talking about the cross, Jesus submitted himself to the most excruciating death ever created. A long, drawn-out process of torture and pain. And upon that cross, he bore the weight and the justice and the condemnation of the world's sins upon his shoulder. And he laid down his life for the sheep. He laid down his life. And apart from Jesus, our sin will trap us and bring us down. But through the shepherd on the cross, provision has been made. Uh, uh, let me put it this way. Have you ever seen somebody fall down before? Thank you, Chris, by the way. You have you ever seen someone fall down? Like uh, I've gone places like at a mall or store or something, and you, you'll see someone walking with, a, with bags, you know, like 
America's Funniest Home Videos and stuff. You're like, this is hilarious. Right? They're walking, and all of a sudden, it's like in slow motion. You know, groceries everywhere. Things are falling. And they hit the ground, and they're rolling, and then, oh, their stuff's falling on them. You know, it's like if you've ever fallen on the ground, there's this sense that when you fall, what's the, what's the feeling that you have when you're falling? Yeah, that too. Uh, what, what's, it's, 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 it's this complete helplessness and you have no control, right? Because you're falling, you might put your hands out. Maybe you can't put your hands out because of the way you're falling. And there's this sense you're just completely helpless. There's nothing you can do to save yourself from that fall because you're fallen. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You see, when we fall, we feel that helpless anxiety of there's nothing we can do to catch ourselves. Listen, you have fallen in sin and there's nothing you can do to catch yourself. You're falling right now, some of you, in sin and your anxiety is, is so intense that you're like, is there any hope? Ah! Jesus says, come here, I'm the provision. Take my hand, the good shepherd is here. It's beautiful beautiful. He takes care of us. We've all fallen short. He offers eternal life and abundant life to his sheep. We like God's care. We like God's voice. We like God's direction. We like his provision. But this last one is the one that we really have a hard time doing. But if we don't do this one, we can't have the rest. And that is the shepherd's authority. The shepherd's authority. He says, I am the good shepherd. It's just me. I am the one. This is ultimately about authority. The shepherd is ultimately about surrendering to the voice and the authority of the shepherd. I have a question for you today. Who is ultimately the authority in your life? Some of you are like, I'm my own authority. Well, then you don't have the shepherd. Well, my boss is my authority. Well, then you don't have the shepherd. My parents are my final authority. Well, then you don't have the shepherd. Because the shepherd says, I have all the authority, period, case closed. It's me or you're not part of my sheepfold. You see, the shepherd says this, he says, I lay down my life for the sheep. Verse 17, I lay down my life only to take it up again. 18, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to Take it back up, and this I command, I receive from my Father. He says, you know what? I have the authority to take life, and I have the authority to give life. And if you come to me and recognize me as your authority, I will give you life. And no one has this authority but me. This is my authority. Let me tell you something. Some of you, it's time to surrender to the authority of the shepherd and quit trying to wander around on your own. After Jesus said this, this is how the crowd responded. Verse 19, after Jesus said this, the Jews who heard these words were again divided. Listen to this. Many of them said, he is demon-possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, these are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? See, Jesus' words have a way of drawing a line in the sand. Some of you here today, a line has been drawn 
And the line is, he's either the authority of your life, he's either Lord and Savior, or he's not anything at all. And just like the crowd there was divided over how to respond to Jesus, the world is divided over how to respond to Jesus. Jesus' words saying, I am the shepherd, draw a line between those who follow and those who reject the shepherd. The shepherd is in charge, but we like to be our own shepherd. Truth is, you get to choose your own shepherd. We can choose other people to shepherd us. We can choose culture to shepherd us. We can choose music and celebrities or our friends to shepherd us. We can choose society. We can choose world leaders to shepherd us. We can choose ourselves to lead. But you see, guys, listen, there are no wild lambs. They all follow someone. You're following somebody. You think, well, I'm my own boss. Well, you're following somebody because the attitude that you have is from something else, is from somewhere else. The question is, is who will ultimately be your shepherd? So I want to pray for you because some of you don't have the good shepherd. But you can. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I pray for everyone in this room. God, I pray that they would hear the voice of the shepherd, that they would hear the voice of the good shepherd. God, there are voices in their life, in their mind, in their head, in their heart, in their life, in their world. Uh, God, at work, in their family, in their home. God, there are voices all around. But God, let them hear the still small voice, the gentle, caring, loving, powerful voice of the authority of the good shepherd. Ask yourself, who is your shepherd? Ask yourself right now, right where you're sitting, who is your shepherd? And I want you to ask yourself also, who is your ultimate authority? Because if it's not Jesus, the good shepherd, then you're lost according to the shepherd, the good shepherd. So I want to give you this chance right now in the next couple of minutes for you to surrender to the shepherd, to hear his voice, to respond and to follow. Though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he will guide you. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He cares for me. Is that the shepherd you need? Take a minute right now just to talk to him. Say, Jesus, I need you as my shepherd. Right now, just go ahead and talk to him. Jesus, will you be my shepherd? I hear your voice. I will follow. Teach me how to follow Some of you, a very dangerous prayer would be, but a powerful would be, Jesus, break my will. Break my will. Break my hard heart. Stop me, Lord, if necessary, if I'm going in a direction that is harmful. God, I give you authority. I give you authority. Thank you, Jesus, for the cross. Thank you for the resurrection that proved that the cross was legitimately the power of God to forgive us of sin. God, I pray that the good shepherd would be alive in our life. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you for listening to the Living with Church podcast. If you enjoyed this message, we hope you come visit us in Garland, Texas. For directions and more information about the church, go to www.livingwaychurch.cc.